Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, yeah. Hello, welcome, everybody. It's the world-famous Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. I'm Ben Rogers, joined by Jeff Skin, Wade, Jonathan Shippy, Shipman, and Kevin KT Turner, the pride and joy of only Texas. We are in studio today, all hands on deck, ready for a fun presentation uh, lots to get to in today's show. Gentlemen, let's just start off by tipping our caps to Mother Nature. Back to back days Woo. of temperature droppage here in the Metroplex. She's yes. working it. Which is unbelievable, dude. It's just been too freaking hot here for too freaking long. All of a sudden, we got some outdoor AC. It's almost like uh, the Metroplex. We all agreed to bubble the city, and, and uh, the Rangers now have us living in a dome it's mm. great we got air conditioning it's great i couldn't believe we were still farting around with 90 degree days in october so to get that shift was monumental and i think they're saying there's only going to be one more day this year that creeps back up into 90 i think Th- thursday is looking pretty oh, the high thursday is gonna be 93 okay but the I, low is 55 so like we it, it, it's all gonna that'll change because it depends on this cold front yeah 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 so i think we're i think we're probably in the clear now gentlemen mm. the high on friday could get wet on friday guys but the high on friday is 62 degrees right now mm-hmm. the high is 62 on friday uh saturday for texas ou 11 a.m kickoff and it gets hot in the in the bowl if you're going to the game. It uh-huh. gets hot there underneath the sun. But the high on Saturday is 69. Okay. Low you, of 51. Sandler, I feel like when it gets when the weather starts getting cooler, fall is officially here, Texas OU, football's better, everything's better. Yeah. It's good to just get away from the scorching hot summer. Uh, are you guys fired up about Texas OU? You guys feel like it's going to be a good game? I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I want I'm, no, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, man. that's okay. I think you're excited too. I'm very excited. This to me is uh the test of UT's Big 12 legitimacy, if that makes sense. I'm of the belief that LSU is a top 3 or 4 team. Yeah. So I don't think there's any shame in UT losing to LSU the way that they did. It was mostly a competitive game. Um cuz I don't think UT's national championship material yet. I want them to be on that second tier below those top three or four teams for now. I'm satisfied with that. And so if they if they lose to OU, who's their only real legitimate comp in the Big 12, as yeah. long as it's a great game, I'm going to feel like Texas is in the mix. And God forbid if they win that thing, I will be real sports horny coming in here next Monday. So that game's at 11 at 2.30 A&M Alabama. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you want some of that action, what is the line? On and that? then I'm not it? sure yet. And then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that as the week goes on. Yep. And then at seven o'clock that night, you have number seven Florida at number five LSU. So college football is looking really awesome this week, and I'm also really excited because Saturday night I'm going to go watch the El Camino Breaking Bad movie. Are I mean, you going to Texas huge, Theater? Huge weekend plan. I'm going what? to Alamo Draft House. Oh, okay, that's a good spot too. Yeah, and that's Thursday night, Saturday night, Saturday night. Does the movie come out Thursday night? Movie comes out. Thursday at midnight, so Friday. Okay. okay. Yep, 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 yep. Friday. Yep, yep, yep. On Netflix, you don't watch it, but I'm going to go watch it in the theater. It's a great call. Okay. Uh, look, there's a lot, you know, it's just this, that good time of the year, it right? Is. It's just the weather, the weather changes is, is, has been more than welcome, and I'm excited about Texas OU as well. Did you guys hear that, uh, I guess as RJ put it, that OU is bent the knee 
and that they've said, all right, we won't do horns upside down. That is the dumbest thing ever. And I think that's an embarrassment for Longhorns, uh-huh. Longhorns fans, Texas. Yeah. It's a, are you kidding me? So if you're going to ban people holding the Longhorns upside down as a hand gesture, then ban holding the Longhorn sign up. Ban the gigam thumb. Ban the Texas Tech guns up. Ban it all. What about Because the- I'm deeply offended by anyone talking about their mascot or uh, anyone mascot shaming. I'm so offended. I'm going to have to write a letter to a congressman. Uh, what in the hell are we doing? I don't know. What about the you can get some of this hand signal? I mean, should we ban that? I guess it should all. What is that? <laughs> I just, you know, just in general, people <laughs> are getting offended oh. way too easily these days. Um, I don't know when it comes to sports. Yeah, I thought I thought sports was a safe place to uh, humorously insult each other's uh, traditions. No, man, you held those Longhorns upside down, man. So I have to worry about, did you hurt a cow no, 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 when you no, did that? I you no. held it against its will, and I'm going to go order a burger also. But, I, but, hey, I feel like that was an injustice no. towards me personally. No, I meant down with the devil, bro. Oh, that? Yeah, okay, well, then that's devil, fine. Devil horns Then down. that's absolutely fine. So if you're Arizona State, you are pissed. <laughs> I don't understand. How, how, is, how is anyone from Texas? Ken, you went to Texas for mm-hmm. a while. I flunked out of that bad boy. Are uh, you uh, like is the Longhorn in you embarrassed by this? I mean, did you feel were you deeply affronted and offended by all these people doing the horns upside down? No, I never cared once ever. I thought it was part of the thing, right? They're over there doing this, and we're over here doing this, and it's opposite. It's and it, fun. It's we're fun. Good fun I, yeah. right? I uh, I I really do think social media has ruined the world. Uh, yeah. Because it's oh yeah. Because it's just people in their little bubbles getting all worked up. I, Saying things they'd never say in real life to someone standing in front of them. I'm trying not to not to be sensitive because here I am, kind of talking about, hey, people are too sensitive, and then I'm about to, you know, contradict myself. But I was thinking, I was in my car for a for last night. I was driving to the Cowboys Hour, and then we did the Cowboys Hour with Brad Sham and Taylor Stern. We we're talking with Cheeto and Jordan. That's over Monday night at seven, and we we're kind of talking to them about social media. And then my drive back home, I was just in my car. I'm going, you know what? I think I'm going to just get off social media on Sundays during Cowboy games because that is the day that I find most people will say personal things that, like, it's just like, and I know they don't mean it. I know no one means it, but that's the day that I found that people will say crap they don't mean the most. And it's just like, a, it's like, why am I in this? Why even yeah. look at it? Just watch the game and go about your business, right? So I'm thinking about doing that, and I don't like doing that because I like interacting with people. I like doing that stuff. But it's a it's the few bad apples thing. It's, it's a few the few bad apples. There's trolls, yeah. and they're the loudest for the most part. Most you know, the majority of people are fine to deal with on social media. It's mm-hmm. not a problem. There's just a few that are just absolute dirtbag trolls, and they can't control themselves. And that, I think they ruin it for everyone. I usually mute them immediately. Um, hey, by the way, uh, speaking of being muted, the Cleveland Browns offense was destroyed <laughs> last night. Thirty-one-three, the final. San Francisco looked legit. Are they the only undefeated team in the NFC? Yes. At this point, they're 4-0. That is correct. Um, but good dude. God, their running game was awesome. Breida had 114 yards. Tevin Coleman's back healthy now. He had 97 yards. Each of them had a touchdown. Garoppolo looked good, 20 of 29, 181 yards, two touchdowns. And Baker Mayfield looked terrible, 8 of 22, only 100 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. No touchdowns, two picks, and so the Freddie Kitchens out the door stuff is gaining momentum already. Absolutely, and it probably should. You know, I mean, uh, just because you came and helped a season last year doesn't mean you immediately deserve a head coaching job. 
Um, and Freddie Kitchens has been in the league a long time. He was he, he was a coach at uh, uh, here for the Dallas. He was a coach at UNT for a while as he well. He was a tight ends coach um, here. Uh, but it, 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 the thing that's interesting about Baker is okay. First of all, let's give San Francisco a lot of credit. San Francisco, who I still am not sure about yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, because their wins are Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Right now, appear to be four bad teams. Bro, they got four games coming up with Seattle and the Rams, and that's real yeah, life. But then, they, I mean, they got the Redskins and the Cardinals in front of them twice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, 49ers probably going to make the playoffs now. But they do put pressure on the quarterback. Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner's really good. They get pressure on the quarterback, and there's there's something to talk about. You know, like that's it's a pretty good way to get started. Two hosses on the line really matter, bro. Last night's the greatest, one of the greatest audio moments of the NFL season. Uh, so Nick Bosa, who went to Ohio State, was there the night Baker slayed the Buckeyes, mm-hmm. got the flag, planted mm-hmm. it in the middle of the field. Right. Well, last night Nick Bosa is pressuring uh, Baker Mayfield, kind of chasing him out of the pocket to the right, as Baker always does, leaves the pocket to the right. <laughs> okay, it's yep. very predictable at this point. Yep. And Nick uh, breaks up the play, and then he takes the flag, and he does the same way that Baker did it. Swaying once to the left, once to the right, once to the left, once to the right, up and planting the flag into the ground. The crowd goes nuts as it's right before the half. Here's Nick Bosa after the game talking about what happened. I was kind of trying to talk. I don't usually talk, but this game, he had it coming. So, But he didn't say one word back. So, well, What would you say, just an example? I was just screaming his name, like, Baker, Baker, you good? Come on, pick it up. We want a challenge. (laughs) Dude, I think, uh, obviously, he's struggling this year. I think Baker's a hell of a lot of fun, but whenever you have a guy like that dishing it out all the time and he gets it dumped back on him, it is beautiful. It is beautiful, and, uh, you know, that's the thing. He's going to talk so much trash. Everyone's going to rejoice when he has to take some back. Yeah. But, dude, you know what? I couldn't help but while watching that think I thought without question before the season that Baker Mayfield was better than Dak and I just don't feel that way anymore Mm -hmm. and obviously it's recency bias and you know I but I just don't feel that way anymore and and Baker will get better I mean experience matters and the more experience you get the better you'll be he's got all the tools there's no question but I thought even now, this year, Baker Mayfield was going to be better than Dak, and I just don't think that anymore. The second-year slump is the realest thing with quarterbacks. It is so real with quarterbacks. Yeah, They almost always take a step back, and it's relative, but people are talking about the step back that Mahomes has had the last couple weeks. Now it's a higher level of step back, but it's a step back. Yeah, It happens with almost all of them, dude. I'm going to look at the 49ers' schedule, guys. Okay, they're 4-0. I'm going to count. Let's count the easy wins because right now – that's potentially a team who could, you know, knock you out of the playoffs. Knock you out of the playoffs. You don't win your division. At Rams, let's say loss. Okay. At Washington, let's say win. So that's five wins. Carolina, let's call it a loss. Wait, is it, is it on the road? It's at home. Okay. Let's call it a loss just for fun. At Arizona, that's a win. So that's six wins. Maybe. Seattle, let's call it a loss. Arizona, let's call that a win. Seven wins. Green Bay. At Baltimore. New Orleans. Atlanta, we'll call that a win. Rams, wait, 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 Seahawks. wait, wait. They, okay. got, they, got, they got they got they got Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans all in a row. Yeah. If they take care of business though, they have eight wins. If they if they win the games they should win, they have eight wins. And then they gotta win a tough game or I two. I was kinda counting on them not being a factor this year. And that, and part of that's because they signed a thirty six year old kicker to a four year twenty million dollar deal. Like 
You know, we were talking about Anthony Brown at a cap number of like $6 million. Dude, their kicker next year who missed three field goals last night, who will be 37, has a $5 million cap hit. Hmm. I'm very fascinated in the kicker situation in the NFL. Well, Why can't anyone make field goals Hold anymore? on, I want you to go back for a second. Because you think about what you said, I, I hadn't factored them in. So what's happened is the West and the North have ended up having several good teams. And what happens is generally if those teams are legit, if San Francisco's legit... It's very likely that they're going to split games with Seattle and L.A., just like the Packers are going to have to play Chicago and Minnesota and Detroit, all those teams twice. That lowers the field. And so what happens is when you have Philly and Dallas in the NFC East both sweeping Washington and New York, and then if they split, their records get inflated. That makes it easier for you to be a wildcard team if you're in a weaker division. Dude, the Bills are going to make the playoffs. Do you know why? Because, well, well, one, their defense is good. But they're playing the Jets and the Dolphins yeah. four times. Right. That's four freaking wins. Right. That is a huge leapfrog. Okay, hey, uh, we're, we're about to move on to something exceptional, but I do want to say this. Um, Skin and I are, this is so ridiculous, but we're getting inducted into the Berkner High School Hall of Fame in Richardson. Skin mm. and I were born and raised in Richardson, the nearest suburb of Dallas. I think it's the first one as you go north, right? Yeah, it is. North. Just north of Hamilton Park. So, uh, You're born the one and raised that lacks there. quality food spots. <laughs> yeah, Richland Square oh. Mall used to be legit. I'm telling you, right off of 75 now, bro, it's on and popping. It's Spring oh, that's Valley. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, in yeah. the east side is where you get all the good, like Vietnamese food. Oh, Cam- Campbell in 75 is, is Campbell popping. Campbell 75 too. is, yeah. I think that's Richardson. Richardson's coming over. back, homie. I was doing a joke. Yeah. In You're your face, doing a bad Kevin. Joke. I was doing your, a bit. Go back face. to Olney, old Leave man. Leave Richardson alone. So, Thank you, shit. Uh, my my two brothers are big time Longhorns, mm-hmm. and so my one brother hasn't missed a Texas OU game in like thirty years. Horns up! And so the question is, we're getting inducted at ten thirty a.m. I think as family members, they should be there. Yeah. yeah. As I scoreboard them, because right. they both went to the same high school and they're not in the Hall of Fame. And the weather's going to be perfect. I mean, I feel like they should blow off Texas OU and be at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, it's right? literally the most they could do. It would, <laughs> it's an insult if they don't. It surely it's is. It's an insult to your family. To themselves. To themselves. <laughs> they're to insulting the family name. themselves. It's going to look like they're upset that they're not in it if they're not there. <laughs> All right. Right? So I like the, I like the direction yeah. you're taking this. Uh, so, Skin, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm getting inducted into the Berkner Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Congratulations. I Thank think you. they're going to have me do Are your... you in? Well, I'm already in. So oh, I'm gonna... <laughs> they're going to okay. have me do a speech for you to induct have you. Have you been fighting to get me in? <sighs> Actually, Goslin was making the case for you every year. All right, it's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we'll break it down with Brian Baldinger. He does a great job. He'll join us next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ben and Skin Show 105.3. The fan will get into all the great college stuff from the weekend coming up in the next segment, including... uh, a guy that that helped Dak along the way is really getting his shine on on the college scene. But joining us now on the BuyerSafety.com hotline, uh, you hear him uh, on Radio.com Sports. He's the Radio.com Sports NFL insider. 
It's Brian Baldinger. He's also the host of Prevent Defense, a great NFL podcast app now on Radio.com and the Radio.com app. And uh, it's always great to have him on. Whenever we do have him on, insider calls are brought to you by Indeed. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. How are we doing this week, Brian? Vanskin, I'm doing really well. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're still kind of breaking down things that happened on Sunday. So uh, I'm still kind of getting caught up, but it's been it's been good, man. It was a good week. It was a good week, and, and I want to ask you this question uh, specifically in regards to the Cowboys because, uh, you know, we have Steven and Jerry on the on the show and on the station, and they talk about certain things. Garrett talks about certain things. But when you're breaking down a game, how much does the turnovers, and especially early turnovers, impact how you view scheme and sort of those things and the approach to rolling out the offense? Because the last two weeks, well, from the Cowboys' angle, they're talking a lot about – early turnovers changing things does that impact how you kind of analyze what their approach is and how they do it throughout the course of the game uh, I don't know I mean they're down 14 nothing but uh, I mean that's you know the firepower that they have I mean that shouldn't really change things I mean Zeke had a good first half and you know Amari but I mean obviously you know the if you want to call it a drop by Amari I mean I saw it go through his hands and Jair picks it off I mean he takes it 37 yards the other way I mean it sets the Packers up um, I thought, I thought the Cowboys, you know, played did a lot of good things in the game. Um, you know, they obviously they tackled poorly, and they couldn't tackle Aaron Jones, and he was a difference. I mean, Aaron Rodgers wasn't good, and the red zone offense isn't good. But you know, when you can run the ball inside the red zone four times like that, eighteen yards, four and two, and you can run it, you know, I mean, that's the best way possible because if you try to make Aaron Rodgers throw it right now in the red zone, he's just holding the ball and waiting to see if somebody pops open. It's not much of an offense when I watch it. All right, so when you see the Cowboys' struggles uh, in, in, you know, not you, you mentioned that how poorly they are tackling right now or how they've been failing in that regard, um, where, when you watch the film, why are people running all over them? I mean, it goes back to the, to the Rams game in the playoffs, but what is happening that you're seeing on film was as to why they're giving up so much yards on the run? Well, they're leaving their feet. I mean, they're leaving their feet. They're not bringing their feet with them. They're just diving and grabbing. I mean, it's just lazy football. I mean, Leighton knows it. I mean, he, he was horrible. On, I, I love Leighton Van Resch. It's not a personal thing. I mean, I love that kid. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers made him look like he was just stiffer than a board. And, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're not taking the right angles. They're not running through the ball carrier. I mean, that shouldn't happen. I mean, by, okay, the first touchdown by formation, Cowboys were in man covers. They run a wide bunch, take three guys in the safety out. So now you just, you know, you're, you know, you're running through half a defense right there. It's a good scheme. Um, other people do that. It's not unusual. But, you know, the guys in the middle got to make that play. And so your safety can't overrun that play. I mean, he's the safety for a reason. You know, I mean, you're the last line of defense. When your safety misses tackles like the way they did, it leads to big plays. And so, I mean, you could break all those runs down that Aaron, Rod or Aaron Jones had, or even the pass catches. And you can, like, literally, and I'm sure – that Rod's doing the same thing and Chris are doing the same thing. I mean, you could cut a lot of that yardage in half if you take the right angles and you bring your feet with you. Okay, so I, I kind of want to get into a, a bigger philosophical thing, and it may be too simplistic, Brian, but mm -hmm. with the way Marinelli's defensive front is, it's guys get up the field as quick as they can. And so does that put your linebackers in a position where they have to be the ones to stop the run? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the job of the defense line is to go break a bunch of stuff. And the linebacker's job is to go clean it up. So, I mean, they played three linebackers out there. They played Sean Lee. They played – it's the first time they really played all three guys 
that for that length of time, uh, that number of plays, and none of them were good, including Jalen. They paid Jalen a lot of money to make a lot of those plays. They've got good speed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, their job is to go make those tackles. They should lead this team in tackles. That's the way it's built. Do you, do you, do you believe that Marinelli's scheme is, is just really susceptible to getting killed on the run? No, I mean they should be making Aaron Jones like dance in the backfield if they're playing it right. And you know the defensive line is they sh- they should get penetration and make him get off course. Um, I don't I don't believe that should be a problem. I mean Aaron Jones had a career day. I mean he was the fastest player on the field. But I'm not taking anything away from Aaron Jones. But he should never have had the type of day that he had. So and it's it's not it's not a scheme thing. I mean it's just tackling. Okay, so it's execution. Do you do you think it's personnel thing? Like, do they are they missing those big old just run stuff and defensive tackles? Even the one technique here. Uh, you know, you look. That's a Rod's scheme has been proven. I mean, Indianapolis has the tape, same type scheme, and they shut the Kansas City Chiefs down. They rushed four the whole game and played man coverage behind it, and they shut the Chiefs down. I mean. Uh, there's a lot of people that use this scheme, and it's been effective. I mean, you don't have to have 330-pound booters inside there. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's the way to play the game anyways right now. Uh, talking to Brian Baldinger here on the Men and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Do you think, and I realize we're only five weeks into this thing, but do you think there's any NFC teams that have proven themselves to be a cut above the other top teams? Is there one that stands out now ahead of the rest? Well, I mean... <clears throat> Seattle's playing really good football, and the quarterback is – I mean, he can't play any better than he played against the Rams on Thursday night. And so that's a tough place to play, but I've seen the Saints go up there and beat them this year. Uh, you saw the Saints. I mean, without Teddy Bridgewater right now, they define what a team is all about. I mean, you take a Hall of Fame Drew Brees out, and I don't care how you win the game. They went to Seattle and won. They they beat you handily. I mean, they whipped the Cowboys up front. I mean, Zeke didn't have a hole to run through all day. Um, right now, they to me, Seattle and New Orleans look like they're just a cut above in the NFC. But, you know, it's still early, and um, teams will start to look at what the Saints are doing a little bit more careful. But, I mean, Marcus Davenport is getting a lot better, and the defensive line is an elite group. So I would say those two teams right now look to be a little bit better. Uh, you know, whatever October 8th means, you know, when you're trying to evaluate these teams. So we had Travis Frederick on our show after the Saints game, and he was talking about how he thought that they knew when the run was coming, that maybe when Dak would audible into a run, he's looking back there, he sees two deep safeties, and he'd audible into a run play, that they were dialing up run blitzes. And he almost indicated that they knew the play that was coming. This week we start hearing about, who was that that had that? They were talking about... Uh, oh, yeah, it was uh, Weish. It was Weish was talking about the idea that, okay, that they maybe uh, were stealing signals. They'd gone back to look at some old Boise State, uh, you know, videos to steal that, some... Yeah, to steal some... espionage right there. Yeah, and so it, when you're watching the film, are you watching uh, on some plays against the Cowboys? Like, oh, my God, they know what's coming. I didn't... I, I don't see that. I mean, I just saw, you know, I, I, I just saw... You know, Daniel Onyemata and Malcolm Brown and Cam Jordan, you know, just winning one-on-one battles up front. I mean, I didn't see, like, some great, you know, anticipation of where Zeke was going to go. I mean, I I didn't see that. I saw, you know, double teams that weren't foot-to-foot and shoulder-to-shoulder. I mean, I saw technique issues more than I saw what the Saints knew what they were going to do. Are you, uh, you know, we were talking earlier before the show started about just, you know, the current state of the NFC. Are you surprised that the San Francisco 49ers are 4-0, and do you see them sustaining what they've done early on? 
Well, they're a completely different team. I mean, last year they had seven takeaways the whole year. You know, they have 11 right now. So now they, you know, I mean, Cleveland is not going to be a terrible team. I mean, they didn't play well last night, but they're not a terrible team. But they made them look like that. I mean, it was a, it was like Shark Week, you know, last night <laughs> watching Nick Bose and those guys. I mean, I thought I was watching the Discovery Channel. I mean, they were all feeding. So, I mean, they, but that, that defensive front is real. I mean, if you, you know, your, your offensive line, they better, be in co- they better be really cohesive. And how you max protect, you better really, you know, figure that out because any one of those four sharks up there can beat you one-on-one. So they're really good. And, uh, you know, but we got we to gotta see a little bit more. Right now they're running the ball down people's throats to the best rushing team in football. And, you know, I mean, that's, a lot of it is – uh, Mike McDaniel, the the run coordinator there with Kyle Shanahan, he's been there everywhere Kyle's ever been. He's been with with him. Nobody can get him loose from that place, but he's a near genius when it comes to scheming up the run. And so they're a good team, but I still think they're a little sloppy offensively and defensively. Um, you know, they got a new right corner in there. I'm waiting for somebody to go. You know, teach them what the NFL is all about. So you're the head coach of the Cowboys, and your job's on the line. You don't have a contract for next season. And you're seeing poor technique uh, from your defensive line, from your linebackers. Who is most in your crosshairs? Who are you most upset with this week at practice? Who are you yelling at the most? Well, everybody. I mean, you know, nobody should be off the hook. I mean, everybody should feel the pain of that loss, you know, and uh, and everybody should feel the pain of you know how they played against New Orleans. I mean, I think it should be felt across the board. Now, you look, they get, you know, they get the the Jets limping into town here or you, you go into New York and they're limping really badly, but you know, you should take it out on the jets and then, you know, you get a a great matchup that everybody's going to be watching with the Eagles coming to town and for probably, well, we'll see what the Eagles do in Minnesota this week, but maybe for first place, you know, at around the midway point, I mean, all the football is left in front of them. So, you know, they just got to stop making some really bad mistakes right now and take care of the football. And But everybody should feel the pain out there at practice. And really, that's what practice – teams have to get better, period, no matter what has transpired these last two weeks. Practice is really important, and you got to use that to get better in all those techniques. Brian, we really look forward to having you on, man. It's always uh, great stuff, and we hope to talk to you soon, brother. Okay, guys. You bet, man. Anytime. There he goes, Brian Baldinger. Uh, That was Radio.com Sports NFL Insider. Brian Baldinger, my friends. Make sure to go check out his podcast, Prevent Defense. Insider calls are brought to you by Indeed. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Jerry Jones was on with Sean and RJ. We'll get into them. Uh, Their cuts in the 12 o'clock hour, as well as some analysis of this run defense. I mean, I think that's one of the main things people are harping on this week. Um, the turnovers and then the run defense. We'll get into all that at noon, but good college football action this past weekend. And I think where I want to start, KT, is the Dallas team was in big, big trouble. We had bragged about them possibly going undefeated. They fiddle fart around. They get down to Tulsa, but then they pull it all out, baby. The ponies remain undefeated. The ponies stayed alive, but it was very tense. At one point, uh, the t- Tulsa scores a touchdown and it makes it 10-6. And then the, on the kickoff, the kickoff kind of lands at around the 10-yard line in front of the SMU kick returner, Tyler Page. And the ball rolls into the end zone, and Tulsa <laughs> flies down and gets it and gets a touchdown on a kickoff, which is a rare play. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot of teams pull out the touchdown on the kickoff play. Um, and that's why I was like, okay, it's 16-6, whatever, SMU will pull out of it. Well, it got to 30-9. to And I was actually uh, at a bar 
which uh, there's kind of a lot of SMU kids there, at least more than, than I would have liked. You know, most of the people are at the SMU game. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people pulling for SMU. I was watching that game and the Ohio State game and everything. And uh, they start to pull it back. Start to pull it back. One score time, 30-16. When it's 30-16, about 10 minutes left of the game, I look around. I said, guys, we're going to overtime, 30-30. That's what's How much time is left at that point? There's probably about 10 minutes left. Okay. You know? There's, uh, there was enough time to yeah. you could tell where things were going. You need two touchdowns and some stops, baby. And, and they get in there, and they end up getting the win. Two missed kicks by Tulsa. Two missed field goals by Tulsa in the one overtime, in overtime. Oh, they were both in overtime? They missed one in overtime, and then they missed one in the third overtime, I believe. Didn't SMU, like, fumble in overtime or something stupid? Oh, yeah, SMU fumbled in one of the overtimes as well. It's all kind of running together right now. But... The, it was two missed kicks, but it was also two kickers because mm-hmm. the first kicker that missed a field goal at the overtime did the whole flop thing. Oh. So he was kind of holding his knee and had to go to the sidelines. So they brought in another kicker who needed it to tie it, and he missed. And then uh, SMU uh, gets a big touchdown on a great catch by James Proche. I think that's what they're going with. They had to review it, and it was just an incredible catch. They get the win. The bar goes nuts. And SMU remains in the top 25 and still alive at 6-0. Wow. Huge, Benny. Oh, yeah, that uh, the play where the, the kickoff you were talking about where yeah. SMU just allowed it to go into the end zone and then allowed someone from the kicking team just to fall on it in the end zone, that's maybe one of the worst plays in the history of college Technically, football. Technically, Ben, you so had bad. back – was it 14 points scored in one second? Technically. Yeah. I mean, when has that ever happened? It's, I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, but – I've never seen it. No way. Here's what they have coming up. They're 6-0. and They've got Temple in two weeks. They're off this week, okay? So they get to heal up. Temple at Houston. Okay, that's legit. At Memphis. East Carolina. At Navy. Tulane. They can do this. They can go 12-0. No, I think I think those, I don't do think it. those are like cakewalk games or anything, no. but we're talking about SMU here. Did any of us think that they had a chance to be a top 25 team this year? I know they turn out wide receiver prospects I, like it ain't no thing, and I know Bouchelle can sling it around, but I didn't think they were going to be a, in the discuss. I didn't think we were going to be talking about SMU football that much this year. I didn't either. I, and they, that's a credit to them turning it around quickly, changing their their culture real quick. And that's not a shot at Chad Morris. Chad Morris went and took a better job. Oh yeah, like Chad Morris actually helped change the culture a little bit as well. And, he and he's built about it up, to take his badass then, son from Highland Park with him. Yeah, and Dykes coming in though. They came in and just continued to recruit, and then they're just getting all these guys who aren't happy at these Power 5 schools. They're not happy. They're going, well, SMU seems like a good place. My family already lives in the Metroplex. Uh, let's go to SMU. Mm-hmm. And they're sneaking in there, and then they're loading up their roster. And I think Shane Bouchelle is the example that everyone looks at. I mean, didn't work out for him at Texas. Right. Go somewhere where it can work out for you. And Come he's on been home. pretty good, man. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's, it's weird. I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for him, like – I was hoping it would be something like UNT would have the 6-0, and you know, and everyone was talk- really excited about the UNT season. So it's a, it's very – and then UNT got dunked on by SMU, and I, I hate to say that, but – Did you go to the game? Because I know you're a big UNT guy. Didn't make it to that claimed question, to, ben. Claimed to be. And they, I had and Texas to, LSU that night. I had to watch on my double screens. No. Um, listen, real quick, I want to talk about LSU and Utah State the other day. The reason being, everyone's going to roll their eyes, but Jordan Love is a – he was Dane's number 10 prospect in the nation – and Dane's latest top 60. Overall prospect, not quarter, not number yeah. 10 quarterback, overall prospect in all of college football. Jordan Love, just kind of a tall, kind of a lanky guy. And 
he just didn't have a great day against LSU. And now he's had wide receivers dropping passes, you know. And he's Did had, they score six points? They Is got that what six I saw? points. Um, Come on, dude. And they pressured him, and the team didn't have a chance. He plays on a bad team. Now, I do, a, okay, I do remember this. Didn't, didn't they lose nine offensive starters from last year? Yeah, and they, yeah. a lot of dudes went to Tech. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, let's be fair. Because that's where their head coach went, Matt Wells. They had a really good team last year. Um, what I saw from Jordan Love, and this was a game where college scouts had their eyes on him because this is going to be the toughest game he ever has in college. Right. And I went, oh, we got a lot of work to do here. So, and again, one game, it sucks that you could put a small sample size, watch the rest of it when it's draft time, you know, mm-hmm. and get a good look at him. But I watched that game went, man, he's missing throws and he's nervous in the pocket and he has no help. And it just sucks that that's how it's going to work out for him. That's a good defense. Okay, so let me throw this out there. I'm not like trying to switch allegiance or anything like that. That's not what this is about. But a lot of times when the team that you have your true allegiance to isn't really in the picture you find sporting interest to root in and you sort of adopt teams for the year because you are interested in them or you like the personality of certain people or whatever. I am 1,100% on board with LSU winning a national championship this year. I would be ecstatic if it wasn't Alabama or, you know, any of those kind of schools, Clemson, screw those schools. Daddy wants LSU to get a national championship this year. Uh, I can't remember if Les Miles got one. I know Saban got one there. I would I think, love I think it. Miles got one. I think he did too. Uh, I'm not some LSU fan. I don't care about them, but I do like the personality of their team. Uh, I really enjoy watching them play. I think Burroughs is an NFL quarterback, and I like it when someone outside of uh, Alabama does something great in the SEC. So I will throw my national championship rooting allegiance since I doubt the Horns get in the mix. I will throw it squarely behind the LSU Tigers. Wow, what a Horns hater. I'm going to throw my allegiance to the Horns, uh, <laughs> but I appreciate what you're doing with Horns down sign right now in studio. Yes, sir. Uh, but, I, you know, I do respect LSU because they've got Prosper kicker Cade York. Yes. Cade York. And, dude, that guy's going to kick on Sundays straight out of Prosper is in he, your face, world. Are you sure? It sounds British. Dude, His name he is, is Cade York? He is. He might have a British accent or British teeth. I don't know, but that kid can straight up kick. Yeah, we'll see. Well, but go Tigers. You'll see. You can watch Cade York. You're a fan, too? Man, if you don't <laughs> shut up, I swear to God, Shippy? I will come in there and kill you. Shut up! You, you can won. watch Cade York on Saturday night. Mizzou won 52 or 42 to 10. It's the <sighs> big game of the night will be LSU in Florida. Throw the it night to the on sports, Saturday. babe. Now, <laughs> this morning, Jerry was on with Sean and RJ. All right? And this is going to be cut 13. And they ask uh, you know, Jerry the question about Jason Garrett possibly uh, on, on the sports odds. You know, he's second on the list of coaches to get fired. Mm-hmm. And they asked him about this. Listen to what Jerry said. Well, yes. Dispel it, yes. Uh, but don't bet any money on, against uh, that happening. You'll lose it. <laughs> All right. So he says Jerry's not gonna, uh, Jason's not going to get fired. They are circling the wagons on this, and they will say no differently at any point in the season. And Absolutely. it means nothing, right? right. Like the, the, the owner's vote of confidence publicly – always means absolutely nothing doesn't you know right i mean it yeah no no no. doesn't mean he's going to retain his job but it doesn't do him any good right now to put extra pressure on garrett that distracts him no and to your point you said this the other day i hadn't thought about this you know it's like i was like there's no way garrett's getting fired in season dude if they lose to the jets and then lose to the eagles and then lose to the giants yeah i think he gets fired so in uh 2003 and 2004 think of uh at utah the quarterback coach there was dan mullen Dan Mullen uh, tutored Alex Smith. Alex Smith's a guy Dak's been compared to a lot. Uh-huh. Okay, 
Well, Dan Mullen went on to coach at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. All right, so they have this. Uh, Dax, that's Dak's coach. Well, Mullen does such a good job, and a lot of that Dak will probably get a lot of credit for winning them a lot of games at Mississippi State. But there's a lot of good players at Mississippi State during those years. Well, Mullen goes to Florida, and in his second year at Florida, they're doing really well. They beat Auburn twenty-four to thirteen, and have LSU this week. And are now ranked number seven, mm-hmm. and then the whole world is taking Florida serious again. That whole that Florida LSU game is the game of the week, right? Well, I mean Texas OU and Florida oh, LSU. Yeah, of I mean, yeah, and I think A and M Alabama. What, have... t- what time is the Florida LSU game? Seven o'clock. Okay, that's good. I'm, it's, it's, I'm uh, watching. I'm watching that bad boy. College football nailed it this week. Is that the ABC they, game? It's going to be ESPN. ABC okay. got stuck with. Uh, so, so CBS generally would be mad, but before the season started, CBS chose on the schedule. A&M Alabama for the 2.30 game of the week window. Uh, they chose that. And not knowing that Florida would be in the mix. Right, so now right. ESPN will get the night game at 7. Florida LSU. Uh, ABC's getting stuck with Iowa and Penn State, which is like you know 10 versus 17. It'll be fine. But, uh, but college football is mapped out for us really good on Saturday. It's set up to where you can have games at all windows that are of entry. Where is North Texas playing? North Texas has Southern Miss. Uh, is it at home? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. So you don't even know when they're at home or when they're away, but you're... They usually do that at a neutral site because yeah, it's a huge game. They haven't been winning enough games for me this year. Um, <laughs> no, actually, no. The game I'm going to is in November, so I'm not... Oh, you just go to one game a year. Wow. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, because huh. if you go to all the games, it's less special. You know, I like, I like when I go and they have the, you know, Parade of Champions, you know, oh. you know before, you know, the tailgate... That's my you know, same I'm a part of the parade. Sex. They put the crown on your head and all that stuff. Yeah. You rub the eagle. Um, Good on. luck on getting in there. Hall. Mean the Joe rarity Green. and how special it makes it, or the parade, both. The, what's great about going back to UNT for the parade of champions, which I do once a year. Not, Are you in the parade? Oh no, it's, it's about he's, me. Dude, oh, it is. Not, he's not a champion. <laughs> so no, here's what happens. So they put the crown on your head, and you know what? Here's the thing: the band comes out, you wave the the flag, and you do the caca. And then at the end of the ceremony, there's a like a 20 yards. It's called the it's called the green zone, but it's really like 20 yards to this fake end zone they have set up. And you ride on the shoulders of Mean Joe Green. I mean, it really? is that's uh-huh. fantastic. And you, that is like, you take a Coca Cola and you cheers it, you know, oh, and then you get wow. on his shoulders. So you know, if I went to every game, yeah, it'd be less special. It. So now I, I, I just go to one. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, just wanted to make sure that everyone knew knew that. No, yep. no, Shippy, do you have anything to say about Missouri? Because if so, keep it to yourself. We're we're crushing it. The take is, though, if you were to throw out, we've talked about, we're just speculating. If Mm -hmm. Jason were to go, I think it's interesting that Bob Stoops is in town for the XFL thing. By the way, they released their pool of players, and that's unimpressive. I think I'm in it. (laughs) I mean, I, dude, definitely. The old joke about guys at Walmart, no offense. Connor Cook's in there, though. Uh, they'll have the XFL draft next week. But the fact that Bob Stoops is going to be coaching at the old Rangers ballpark next year is interesting to me. Not me. We know the Lincoln-Riley ties, but I don't think Lincoln-Riley would take the Cowboys' job unless he would. If UT kicks (laughs) their ass, they would. (laughs) Unless he would. We'll see. Um, If UT beats them, then they're going to run old Lincoln-Riley out of town. Okay, so at this point, Kellen Moore, obviously the first three weeks, he he was a young god. I wouldn't have wanted to bring anybody in because I'm like, wait, we're good. We got the off. But now, yeah, I don't know. We'll okay. see. Not we- that I want to get rid of Kellen Moore. I'm just saying 
Yeah, get a little more experience of an offense. So here's what happens. If Florida beats LSU, goes into the swamp and beats LSU, and by the way, I don't think they will, but let's say Florida ends the season as a college football playoff team, mm-hmm. Final Four, mm-hmm. or let's say they're a top ten team, and then the Dan Mullen intrigue, the guy tutored Alex Smith, Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. Dak, I think he's a name, and you know who texted me this yesterday? It's the first time I ever really thought about him. Uh, seriously, is Zach Wolchuk, who does uh, great work here as a part-time guy on the fan. He texted me, he goes, Zach. Keep, yep. keep an eye on Dan. He goes, keep an eye on Dan Mullen. I was like, you know, that's a pretty good observation. So, I'm uh, now tracking Florida closer than maybe I have in years. A, because they're back now, you know. Um, But that game was awesome. I saw some of it. That game last week at Auburn, because the swamp is great when it's kind of shady and it's dark in there and that stupid gator mascot and everyone was into it and it was loud. That It's all back there and, dude, if they go 10 and 1 or 11 and 1, I think Dan Mullen could be your... Oof. Could be a coaching candidate, boys. Plus, plus like I think we all agree that Zach Woolchuck is the best game show host name I've ever That's heard. That's a great it's name. So That's a great name. By now, the way, here's Zach Woolchuck. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.